Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode number 33. My name is Elvis Dahl. My name is Barbara Wojan. Welcome to 33, folks. So, Barbara, you mentioned on another show once that you had to register to do work from another state that's regulated. Correct, yes. So what is that process like? Is it just really a way for those states to get money or do you have to like prove that you follow their regulation? Yeah, to be honest with you, I, I'm in uh, three states um, that I, that regulate that and you have to actually take an exam. As, wow. As you have to make sure you pass the exam, which is actually about, I don't know, 55 to 75 questions. If you don't get the questions right, they actually have a column where you can read up on it and you can educate yourself. So then you pass the exam and then you actually actually have to do paperwork, you know, let them know what you do, how long you've done it, what's your CDT, you know, what is your laboratory like, and basically prove that you are a technician with a high skill level. I don't think it's about money. I, I really genuinely feel that they want to make sure that we are um, skilled technicians and that we really understand what we're doing and understand all about fabricating a tooth and uh, occlusion and, you know, all of the things that go into doing what we do and doing it well. Well, yeah, I think it's great. Do they ever send someone out to inspect? No, I haven't had anybody come out to inspect, but I have had to take photographs and different things of the laboratory, you know, and then I like all of my CDT and all of my CE and all of the things that you and I do regularly. Sure. We do an education and we take classes and we get updated and we're CDTs and accredited and my skill level is accredited. So, um, you know. But no, I have never had anybody actually physically come out and take a look and make sure that, you know, we're mainstream and we're we're good to go. That's interesting. I'm glad to hear that they take the time to put you through that, honestly, to make sure you fall within their specifications of how they've set up their state regulations. Yeah, and you got to take the good with the bad. You know, if, if for me, it's like, okay, here we go again. I got to take this test and I've got to submit this paperwork. But I think for the patient and, you know, for the state itself, I think it shows that you have a knowledgeable technician behind your restorations. How similar are the tests for the three states that you've done, or are they completely different? Uh, not very, because it's a lot about the laws. So you have to actually, I have to actually physically read up on each state's laws and the things that they need. In some states, you know, the assistants can give shots. Yeah. So you need to know, you know, yes on that or no on that. So it's actually something that you have to be educated to take those and pass those exams. And thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. I, I, you know, that's part of what I like to do and the, and the things that I think is important about our industry. I find it fascinating because, I mean, I barely know the laws here in Indiana. I mean, especially with driving. So I find that that's funny. it takes a lot for you to learn those laws. He just made a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Har har. So this week, we are back to the State Association Roundtable from last week about regulation. In part two, they get more into the struggle that Ohio and Washington State doing to get regulated. So joining us again are Tim Stevenson, CDT from Florida, Chris DeLarm, CDT from Washington State, and Lonnie Thompson, CDT from Ohio. So join us again and sit down at the round table and hear the conversation about regulation. King Arthur had his knights. Captain America has his Avengers, and dentists have their laboratories. These unique individuals have gathered together to entertain and enlighten all who dare to sit down at the round table 
and listen to the voices from the bench. Very minimal fee. Sure. Um, we, we worked out with the Department of Health work very, very hard, very diligently to try to figure out as best we could and guesstimate what this would cost because that was their big concern was they were like, we're all good for, we're good for this. We want to do this with you, but we can't add any more costs to the taxpayers. So we had to work it out. So our fee is just as minimal as possible to cover any, any type of cost the Department of Health would come across by implementing this. What is the fee in Florida, Tim? It's about the same, about $200 per year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Ohio, we're, we don't have the fee yet. That will be worked out, but we're, we would be under the Ohio Dental Board and not the health department. Interesting. Yeah, we were initially, Florida was regulated by the Department of Professional Regulations, and then here recently the Department of Health has acquired our state government uh, oversight. Well, and interestingly enough, the, the Ohio Board has had me down several times, and they were appalled themselves at some of the pictures I had for them, but they are definitely on board, which is interesting with the ODA, the Ohio Dental Association being against us, but the dental board is definitely, but again, they didn't want to add the cost to, you know, the taxpayer. So, you know, it has to come up with some sort of fee that, that would be fair for everyone. Hmm. And that fee has not been set yet, but we're looking at the $200 range also. Interesting. I find that odd that some states have the dental looking over it and some states have the health looking over it. Yeah, you would think it would be the dental board. Well, we in Washington, we originally were supposed to be underneath the dental board, which we call DQAC as the acronym. But in our last round last year, when the DSOs got involved, one of the things they didn't want was us to be under DQAC because then that gives the the board the power complete power over pretty much dentistry in Washington. So then we elected to be under just a subdivision of the Department of Health. Now the board is under the Department of Health, so we really didn't leave like the building per se. Yeah. We just kind of moved into a different, I guess, room you could say. <laughs> and here in Florida, they moved it to the Department of Health to, uh, I guess, the Department of Health also regulates from more of a county position, and so now our county health inspectors can come inspect our premises. They don't have to have uh, another dedicated staff at the state level for inspection of dental laboratories. That's the best I understand. One of the reasons, anyway, they did that. So are these the same people checking out restaurants and stuff? I believe so. Interesting. Don't leave your chicken sandwich out. Mm -hmm. That is an OSHA law, by the way. <laughs> that, yes, it is. I had no idea that the same health inspectors that were doing restaurants are going to be doing labs. Well, they are in Ohio. I mean, do you guys agree with this? Do you think that's wise, or do you think you need a dedicated inspector that understands our industry? One of the things we were trying to do in Washington that we've talked to the Department of Health about doing is once this passes, is getting a member of our association a seat at the Department of Health. Mm -hmm. So that they would help guide and regulate our um, legislation so that they would kind of be the go-to to say, no, that's, that's, that is legitimate or it's yeah. not, or that makes sense. So we've really, I mean, that's something we're doing in the background that hasn't really come to fruition yet because we first need to get the bill passed. But it is something that we're considering and working for. Yeah, I think it's smart. Well, one of the things we do here in Florida is each year they have a training session 
uh, for the state inspectors, and then we send a representative from the board or a member from the uh, association uh, management team to give them some insight as to what to look for in the inspection and how to inspect and whatnot. So it gets some some education to the process. No, you, you got to have a say in what they're inspecting because mm-hmm. they won't understand. No, Mm-mm. exactly. Yeah. Well, no, we're being proactive, all of us, to you know, to do this without the FDA coming in, to do this ourselves, so that we can control how we do this. So, why not reach out in all aspects, like Florida did, and, and, and control as much as possible of it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point of view. But the FDA is still going to come in. I mean, we're as an industry under the FDA. Well, yes, that's yeah, you're correct. But to be prepared as much as possible. Right. It's the best scenario we can do. Because we're hoping to get, um, you know, more and more to move forward with this, you know, um, and get it to be a nationwide function at four dental laboratories, which I think is extremely important. I seem to have lost Lonnie again. I can't. Tim's offline. You two, I swear, are <laughs> driving me crazy. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Interesting. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know to blame the state down there, or the state up there, or they're state in the right. middle. I I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, I'd like to touch upon what you're hearing from labs that don't want regulation. Do you guys have labs in your area that are saying no, this shouldn't happen, and what's their reasoning? Uh, well, like I mentioned before, we did have a very very small, just a couple people. I remember that were not for regulation. We listened to their concerns and, and their concerns mean a lot to us. But basically, I think what was coming, they're older, they're older laboratories and they were just kind of overall scared of the exposure. They were wondering and scared if we open up ourselves this much, are we going to be kind of opening ourselves to a lot more than we need to? Like they kind of felt like we've been good for so many years. Why, why create this potential big problem? Sure. They didn't see it as getting ahead of the game they saw it as uh you know exposing themselves to things they didn't want to be exposed sure. to sure don't kick the lion yeah exactly and i think now that we've moved forward and and we've had so much progress and we have so many people behind us like the NADL and WSDA and, and so other people now they're starting to see that maybe we're not kicking the lion that maybe we are doing the right thing that was my experience also is that in people just were leery of what we were doing and why, you know, this isn't the first time we've tried this. So it's, you know, what's going to happen to me and what, you know, I don't want somebody coming in and tell me what to do, but someone's going to anyway, <laughs> at some point in time, the mom and pop situations with all the CAD CAM we're doing and 3D printing and, uh, you know, our process is changing. It's going to happen. So I would rather be ahead of the game and do the right. I mean, you know, I think all of us on this phone call and the associate, we're doing what we need to do. So why be afraid of it? I mean, we're, again, we're, we're dealing with, you know, people making body parts and putting them in the body. We should be making sure that it, these people get the right things. Well, yeah. And a big part of me thinks if someone is against this, they got something to hide. Well, you know, that's, I agree, Elvis. That's kind of the, thought process we had when we were talking about this as a board but when we started to talk to people that legitimately didn't want it from at least from washington's uh, members 
you know, they were scared about the same things you brought up before. Like we said, oh, well, there's going to be a fee. And then they scared, well, what's the fee? How much am I going to have to pay? I mean, I'm already working so hard. Yeah. And, and there's in the smaller labs where like there may be Department of Health will oversee us. Well, are they going to come storming in and just shut me down? Because I don't know what's, you know, I didn't know what they're looking for. Is it going to be somebody that doesn't understand sure. dental technology and they're going to shut me down? So I think the fears they had were completely reasonable. Um, we just had to, over time, nail down those details to start to show them that oh, this is what's going to happen. And, okay, that's reasonable. 200 bucks, I can do yeah. that. You know? Well, and on top of that, anytime you regulate something, it's going to take more time. And so that's going to cost them as well. And, you know, there's always this uh, concern about being over-regulated. And certainly nobody wants to do that. So as we pursue some of these regulations, we also got to be very careful we don't over-regulate ourselves. That's well said. Uh, very well said. You know, but the other side of that, too, is that, um, you know, we've had this race to the bottom, as we call it, but we are doing that to ourselves. We always have. We always have, exactly. And, you know, I think more people that understand what this is all about, and, and you know, we're not trying to raise our prices out the, the wazoo or anything, but, you know, we're paying $60,000 for a mill mm -hmm. and dropping our prices. That makes no sense to me, which we're not doing, but... Um, people need to come on board and realize that what they're making is is a viable product that should have a viable price to it, not just, you know, dropping my price because Joe Schmo down the road dropped his. You know, Lonnie, I think you hit on a major point of uh, what our hopefully all of our organizations are trying to do is get everybody involved because it re we really need everybody's input as well as their dollars. I mean, I, I hate to talk about money, but, you know, it takes money to take things to, to the legislature. I mean, once you guys are done with your regulation battle and hopefully you'll, you'll win, I mean, it goes on after that. And from a industry standpoint, if we don't have those dollars available to keep an eye on legislation as it comes before the state, you know, then we are not in control of our destiny. That's that's exactly true, and and we need to be. Um, you, this is a this is a great field to be in, but it's changing rapidly, and we need to keep up with all of these rapid changes. But make sure the products that were put out are safe for everyone, and you know we're getting younger people to come into this field because there's going to be a shortage, as we all know. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need to work hard to somehow bring back our educational our schools you know our schools are they're dissolving uh, you know most all of us getting to get into this business accidentally and uh, that's because there's there isn't a good organization to you know bring it to the school so that you know it's it is a career path and, and there's a lot more to know about being a dental technician now than ever before exactly which makes it exciting, right? I mean, I'm having, I've been in this, next year I will end this business 40 years and I'm more excited about it today than I was 40 years ago. Yeah, I agree with that, but I'd still rather be sailing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got a short, short stem here, you know, after being in it 40 years, I'm going to work a little bit longer, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah no. We're landlocked here, Tim. Oh yeah, I guess no, well, you guys got lakes and stuff, come on. Ah, that's not the same. So do you think regulation will help in the long run our education? I do. Yeah, I do. Because, yeah. Yeah. 
becoming a CDT is a very proud thing. I mean, my whole lab will be, everyone will be a CDT soon. But nice. I, but, and I just see the the excitement in them that they've accomplished this, but they, they want to learn more. And then going to more classes, you have to go to classes to keep your CDT, mm-hmm. which then opens your mind to so much more. So I do think it will help the field tremendously. Yeah. Is there a school in Ohio? No, ours shut down also um, several years ago. Um, But I was excited at the NADL board meeting. We had a guest in from Pasadena, and the school out there is thriving. Yeah, it sounded really neat. Three-year wait list. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was so excited about that. And how many students do they produce a year? They take 20 per year because they know a few will drop out. But yeah, they're they're putting out a nice a nice product up there. And they all want to come live in Indiana and work in my lab. I'm sure. <laughs> Elvis, this is not a self serving podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It always is. So, Lonnie, you yeah. were on the podcast a while ago. How is your bill to get regulated? How is that going? Where are we at on that? The bill. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we're about ready to, to ramp up again. Um, the summer was too many recesses. And quite frankly, all these guys were hiding from their sexual harassment things that were going <laughs> on. Jeez. Yeah. Like our money for these people are being wasted because of their bad behavior. But we're about to ramp up again. Um, and, you know, with the fall coming up and, and moving forward. And the ODA uh, annual meeting is coming up, so I'm hoping to plant some people down there, too, and try to get on the side of the ODA. But we'll see how that goes. Will the ODA even allow you podium time to speak about it, or are they so against it they won't even let you? No, 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 no. But, I mean, you know, they've invited, you know, they want us to come down to my booth. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Well, it might be a start, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, over the years, it's been interesting because I was the person who pushed for this is to have our, you know, our fall meeting in conjunction with them and we'd rent space and, you know, we've gotten onto their insurance bills and stuff. So the whole thing is quite interesting. But you, know, you work through things and hopefully, yeah. you know, negotiations will happen and, you know, we'll get them on board. You never know. I, I'm very optimistic. Yeah, never give up and can keep, keep reaching across the aisle. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't we like to love people to do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris, you mentioned earlier that you almost passed the bill, and it came down to the bill before yours just having a bunch of amendments, and they ran out of time. Am I gathering that right? Yes. Unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. It just seems really <laughs> silly to me. But anywho. It was a short session. Yeah. Um, and those short winter sessions, they, they cram in what they can. And we had a little stall in committee with the DSOs. That was when they came out when we were in the Senate committee, mm-hmm. the healthcare committee. And that's when they kind of came out against us. So we had to negotiate with them a little bit. And then once we got through, we made it to the floor, but we made it to the floor in the last, basically the last hour. Um, so if we wouldn't have had the stall, we would have made it earlier and we probably, you never know, but it looks like we would have passed with flying colors and moved on to the governor's desk. But that stall tactic stalled us off long enough to make it where we didn't get it done this year, last year. 
was the stall planned to happen at that time, do you think? Um, I would have to speculate. I don't know. Um, yeah. We were a little a little bit sideswiped by it. We didn't quite expect it. And it was kind of funny. It's, it's really, We were sitting there in the committee, uh, myself and uh, several of our other legislator committee and the, and the lobbyist. And we had several people lined up to speak to the committee. And it was just kind of funny sitting there watching them going, you're technically illegal here, but you're sitting in front of the Senate uh, healthcare committee telling them how we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, just, it was a really interesting day, but uh, yeah, you know, this is to be honest, all of us on the, other than our lobbyists and uh, in the help we've had from the NADL, this is all new to us. So we've been, it's been an amazing learning experience. I think that's a really good point too, Chris is, we could not have done this without the NADL's help and a lobbyist. I, I could not have gotten myself in front of all those people and gotten as far as I had. So you really, for Ohio, we really needed a lobbyist. Sure. Yeah, the legislative process is uh, it's one of the things that's open being involved with the FDLA at a, as a, uh, a board member. It's opened my eyes to how it works. Last year, the bill came up before the state legislation that was essentially going to potentially take all of our regulations away from the dental industry. And it was truly just meant to save money for the Department of Health. And so we had to get things together and hire a lobbyist to, you know, speak on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And then we had some other circumstances happen in the state and uh, it never came before the legislation. So it just, Went away. Weird. Yeah, you know, Tim, that's the interesting part we've learned is when we're down in Olympia and when we're dealing with all this, it's it's just been a – it's so different that if you're speaking to the Democrats or Republicans, if you're speaking to somebody who's for or against something, like just how you have to have that dialogue with them, like how you have to talk and like learning about how these things get – some things get drug under the carpet. Some things get pushed ahead. I mean politics is a really weird game, and it's been – really different for all of us to be down there doing this. Yeah. And one of my lobbyists, he would tell me, he said, Lonnie, it's not rational. You know, you think as a rational person, this is not rational. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so he can't to pull me back every once in a while. <laughs> I find it weird that laws and bills don't get passed because you run out of time. It just seems so weird to me you know i mean here we are we're all in the lab business we all understand time mm-hmm. and getting things done on time and these people can take a long lunch and stuff doesn't happen it's just it's weird to me well one of the things too that um somebody told me that was really interesting when we were down at the capitol uh i don't remember who they were but they were they worked in that area but they told me look around this last year beginning last year they said look if this takes you two or three years don't be surprised because they said a lot of people, when when the bill comes in, a new fresh bill, they want to see that it has longevity with the voters. They want to see that people stand up for it more than just for a few seconds. Plus, they also want to give it time to see who who comes up and, and, and doesn't support it. Because when a senator or a representative gets behind a bill, then you know that's how they stay in office. That's how they make their living is getting behind these bills they believe in, supporting it, making it happen. So they were, it was kind of interesting to me. They said, like, don't take it to heart if the first year you don't really get a lot of traction. Yeah. Or you get a lot of like, yeah, 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 I got your, I'm supporting you, but they're really not there. So it, was, it just was an interesting fact that's always resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Or, or not fact, but an interesting thing they said that always kind of resonated in my head was that 
you got to give it time for the senators and everybody to see that it's actually worth getting yeah, behind. Well, that makes it. sense. When did Washington start this process? For the process we're in currently, yeah. about four years ago, I believe. We spent a year um, on the board kind of developing it with our members. And then we, then after about a year, I think we went and got a lobbyist and started the first year. Yeah. So about four, I think we're starting year four now. Yeah, so you're in it. Yeah, we're right in the thick of it. Hey, Chris, do you, do you guys have, or Ben Lonnie, do you guys have an association management team at all? Yes. Ours is partners. Oh, okay. Yep, same here. We utilize the exact same people. We use partners as well. Yeah. And, you know, I got to say that they've they've done a, a, a lot to help us and be there. I mean, you know, what we accomplish here in Florida is primarily because they're there to, uh, you know, do a lot of this behind the doors work that, frankly, I, I'm still trying to get crowns out the door. I don't have time to chase around uh, legislation and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're able to bring this before us. And so we can talk about it at our board meetings and whatnot and make these decisions. And then, of course, spread the information to our members as well. And they also, with our educational meetings, mm-hmm. partners helps you know, us get the, the, the top people to come in or, you know, work with us in that, in that realm also. So, yeah, we couldn't function without them also. Absolutely. I'm going to have Bennett on from Partners on the show sometime. Oh, that'd be a good idea. I think people need to understand their important role they play in mm-hmm. our industry, even though they're not in our industry. Well, I appreciate your guys' time. That went, uh, that was an hour that went by real quick. We didn't really talk much about state association as much as we did as regulation within our state associations. Well, But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good conversation. No, that's what we we primarily deal with, that and, uh, you know, education for our uh, members. I know that's what we do here in Florida anyway. Yeah. I think there's almost so much you could say on a state level, too. I mean, legislation could take up hours. Um, Education, again, you talked about schools. Like, we have a good school-based technical college here um, that just got a CAD CAM program. They're doing a lot of great things, but... It's a it's a really huge task to find people to fill the seats. I don't know how they're doing in Pasadena, but we just can't find people. So I think yeah, there's so many things we could talk about on the state level for so many hours. <laughs> and you know, the other thing that uh, we're going to have to keep in mind, you know, there's a, a few states left with associations. What are what about all those states that don't have associations, and how are we going to get on a level playing field nationally and get those states also similar regulational standards? That's an interesting thought. I mean, are we just hoping that it's going to be a domino effect? Right. Well, I mean, how are you going to take anything to the legislation for, you know, make a regulated standard if there's no association there to do it? Interesting. That's a very good point. That's a great point. We'll just have to send Lonnie out and have her go state to state. (laughs) A new career. (laughs) Start whooping some. Elvis, maybe when you get Bennett on, you can ask him about that. There you go. I will. I will. That'll be a good question. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you coming on. Tim Stevenson from Florida. Thank you, sir. You're all welcome. Chris DeLarm from Washington State. I always got to say state because everyone thinks D.C. I'm sure that <laughs> happens to you all the time. But I appreciate you coming on. No, this and Lonnie Thompson from Ohio. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I don't think our listeners will ever understand how hard it was to get this recording done. <laughs> oh, you, you can put that in the preview, Elvis. 
Yeah, yeah, it was months yeah. in the making, and there was injury, and there was flight delays, oh and there was all sorts of stuff. It was quite the ordeal, <laughs> but I think it was worth it. I think we need to spread the word of the importance of regulation, and I think you guys did a great job of that. So And, I think and you, membership and involvement. Membership yeah. involvement, yes. yes. I think it's important. If there's yes. one thing people need to walk away with is how important it is to just to be involved. Well, y'all, it's been great having this conversation, and uh, hopefully, we'll we'll meet in the flesh here one of these days. Yeah, I agree. It's been great, Tim. Uh, good luck on everything, and hopefully, meet you soon. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys go to Chicago each year? I haven't been, but I'm gonna start. I believe going back again. I took a couple of years off, uh, several years off, but I think I'm gonna go back again. Yeah, yeah, we tend to regularly go. I can't say every year, but past few years we've been there. So. Hopefully we'll we'll meet in the the pub and maybe I'll do a voices from the bench previous guest meetup sometime so that'll be fun. All right, Lonnie, it's great talking with you. Thank you. Say nice talking to you, Tim and Chris. Also, see you later, Tim. Take it easy, Chris. Bye. You too. Bye. A huge thank you to Lonnie, Chris, and Tim. We appreciate you sitting down with us to discuss these issues. We understand that between running a lab and volunteering as president of your state association, you don't have a lot of time. Thank you, guys. Very, very much. I'm sorry I missed it. I still find it super odd that the same inspectors that check restaurants are going to be checking dental labs. For years before I got into the dental lab business, I worked in restaurants, so I've been through my share of health inspections. And I think we need someone a little bit more acknowledgeable than sticking a thermometer in a pan of meat or telling me to wear a clean apron to be looking in on these labs. You know what? That's pretty surprising that that's the case. I think it's nuts because the health inspectors we have here in Indiana, I mean, I mean, they're not stupid, but they just look around to make sure you don't have meat sitting out. I think that's exactly what they do. They blow through the place, sign the check, and get the hell out of there. If they like you, you get away with it. If they don't, they honestly, they they screw you hard. And I've seen it over and over and over. And I don't want those same people regulating our laboratories. Wow. Just seems odd to me. So how do you guys feel about state regulation in our industry? Are you for it? Are you against it? I mean, Barb and I are pretty much for it. Barb doesn't have a choice, but the views presented by our guests are not always the views of Barb and I. So we welcome viewpoints on all matters within our industry. So if you're against regulation in our industry, I actually want to have you on the show and find out why. And I think that view needs to be looked at. So if you want to come on and talk to us, send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com. Yes, because we would love to hear from somebody that doesn't like regulations or doesn't like politics or any sort of thing. Uh, you know, I mean, I know Elvis and I are NADL and we're very pro regulation, CDT and all of those things that I genuinely do think is important. But if you have a point of view that you want to share with us, let's go bring it on. We'll talk about it. Here we are in the third week of November, and that means before you know it, the year's going to be over. But fear not, Visions 21 is right around the corner, January 16th to the 19th at Bally's in Las Vegas. Not only is it a great meeting, but Barb and I will be there looking to record some people for the podcast. So head over to NADL.org and register. And I seriously think we need to get kickbacks for that, because that's like the fourth time you've said that. 
I don't disagree that everybody should go there. It's an amazing meeting, but damn, man, we should be getting kickback. We should be getting free room upgrades. I'm just saying. I'm hoping that Bennett's listening to this because I think we've done our share. Something should be coming our way. And uh, also at that meeting, they will announce the winner of the motorcycle that Ivaclar donated to raise money for the Foundation of Dental Laboratory Technology. Yeah. So head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com for a link to buy a raffle ticket. It's only $25. You don't have to be at the meeting to win, but I suggest that you are. I'm winning. And why... And while you're at VoicesFromTheBench.com, you might as well pick up a Voices From The Bench t-shirt that will also benefit the foundation. We would love to see some Voices From The Bench t-shirts in Vegas. We will see some Voices From The Bench t-shirts because everybody that you and I know that are on the boards and that have done the race, they've all got them, which we appreciate. But let's get more people wearing them. Let's do it. It's going to the foundation. It's going to um, technicians. We're giving back. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Have a great week. This isn't my first rodeo. This is episode 33.